Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. So tonight, I have questions for Chad. I have zero answers. No, you will. Have you ever watched Game of Thrones? I have not. Okay. Have you watched Breaking Bad? Yeah. You have? Some of it. I didn't finish it. Okay. Have you watched Stranger Things? No. Do you even know what that is? I've heard people talk about it. Is it a movie or a TV show? TV show on Netflix. I know that. I, my wife and I have talked about maybe watching it. Okay, okay. What oh, about Mad Men? Never. never. Uh-uh. Any TV shows that you binge? Uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, that's a good one. But I wouldn't say we binge it. Like, I watch Just enjoy it. enjoy it? I watch it with Marie and I love it. We, we went through the seasons twice. But we kind of usually watch for like an hour and then cut it off. Yeah. Well, tonight I have questions in regards to media. Mm -hmm. I want to know about media. I want to know why we watch what we watch. I want to know why we don't watch what we don't watch. What we shouldn't watch. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, there's there's got to be a line somewhere. I've had different times in my life. I've Mm -hmm. had different lines. All right. Like high school, college days. I pretty much watched whatever. Yeah, me too. And then uh, and I was a Christian at the time. So, but I would still like watch, what would I watch back then? Because we, TV shows were not nearly as intense mm. as they, they were yeah, now. It was like, more movies back then. Yeah, yeah. The binging TV thing, that that came within the past yeah, decade. We're, we're old. We watched TV before there was Netflix and things like that. Oh, yeah. Remember like, mm-hmm. um, what was it? Like TNT movies? TNT? TNT. Like, well, full disclosure, didn't have cable until ooh, I was like yikes. 16 in high school. Okay. So, no. See, um, now you'd be cool because no one has cable anymore. Right. It's all. I was ahead of the curve, turns out. Yeah. I wasn't just poor. Well, there were, <laughs> well, just remember like back in the day, you'd watch movies with commercials. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine yeah, yeah. trying to watch a movie right now with TV commercials? Movies. Yeah. Like, I don't know how people would do it. I guess they still come on like. What? Like stations for people who still have cable. Oh. I'm sure it's yeah, still but it's happens. all DVR'd. They can fast forward. That's true. Yeah. So I had some questions regarding like certain shows that is very prevalent in our culture, but you wouldn't think of them as Christian shows. Mm. And I'm wondering, like, where do you, where do you like to do? You draw lines because you seem like a pretty like culturally relevant dude like yeah i try to stay like why haven't you watched game of thrones well game of thrones actually is a a show i would definitely watch um it's it has all the things that i would enjoy i love kind of medieval times i love uh science fiction dragons all that kind of stuff you know some of my favorite movies were the lord of the rings so a lot Mm -hmm. of similar type of things there seemingly 
But um, also, just knowing from people who have watched it or um, kind of doing my own research, just knowing it's not something that I can watch. Um, Why? Because it's got a lot of explicit, you know, nudity ah, yeah. and things the like that. Scenes. And um, it's just not something that I that I feel like uh, I should watch. Um, that would be honoring to God or good for my heart. Um, and I don't say that from a place of like that I've, I'm like above it or because I'm a pastor that that I don't I shouldn't do that or I don't. Yeah, struggle don't you feel with like it. you can just like guard yourself against it? And no, watch it anyway, not at all. That that's the reason why I don't watch it is because it's not that I'm better. It's not that I'm above it. It's that I know that it would tempt my heart. I know that it, what it would do to me if I did watch it. And so I set up those guardrails because I want to make sure that I'm. Um, being faithful to the Lord and not allowing my heart to go into places that would cause me to stumble or cause me to um, lust after someone other than my wife or or get into a place of um, I don't know just sin. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it's not that I hmm. like that I wouldn't enjoy that. Actually, it's kind of a bummer because I feel like it's a show that I probably would enjoy. Now, you know? I mean, do you think you're an average guy? Uh, or do you think you struggle more than others? Or do you think well, you have a higher standard I, I mean, of... Tough like, to say. I would say, I mean, with my background, you know... Um, like, you have a lot riding on it. You're a pastor of a church. You're a biblical counselor. Sure. So. I got to I gotta make sure I stay above reproach. Like, I don't want to be hypocritical. But beyond that, like, I just want my heart to, to love the Lord. I don't, I don't want to be tempted to to love some love something more than him or or to go down these paths of lust or sin and I know I would um I've lived that life you know um before before I was a Christian and, and before I came to the Lord as a junior in college um and I I did everything that I was capable of doing when it came to uh girls and and sex or pornography or movies i had no standard with movies you right know? if it was a popular movie i was probably gonna watch it because uh, i love movies yeah um, i had no standards in that way but i also know what it did to me um and in, in terms of um just the way it made me view women though like it was a it was almost like a drug like an escape um it was purely pleasure seeking and so um i'm just not dumb enough to think that I wouldn't fall back into those same patterns um, in my heart. And so I know that it takes self-control, but my desire is to worship God and to honor my wife with what I think about or I look at, especially in terms of lust. So I don't even go down those paths. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go down those paths. Well, and you didn't grow up like this. Like the, mm-hmm. you think about the uh, Christian, like I think homeschooled, which is a generalization, and I don't really mean that, but I'm just trying to paint a picture that everyone can probably relate to, like the moms that would like not let their kids watch Harry Potter, for example. Mm-hmm. The, sure. Like, you know, they just outlaw everything. No rated R movies. And so that's just an attempt to to be that, that governor for them. Sure. And, and there's some, there's some you know, wisdom as a parent, especially of monitoring what your kids watch. Like, you know, we do that for our kids who are young, you know, my son Hudson, I love the Avenger movies, but I don't let him watch those yet. He's six, even though there's 
there's nothing explicit as far as like nudity or yeah, whatever. Yeah, what are you worried about him seeing in that? Well, I just don't think that he's ready um, to be able to just process the violence or the storyline of good versus evil in that, like as his age and maturity. So I'm just yeah. waiting for him to get a little older and be able to process that with him, help him to think through it. Um, it's not that I think that they're bad or he couldn't watch those one day. It's just his age isn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. But what I'll say is you can't um, you can't protect yourself from from sin in your heart uh, in the sense of like legalism doesn't lead to freedom. Like you can you can make all the rules you want. You could live in the woods by yourself. Yeah, because what is the... not watch anything. I know where you're going, but before you go there, like what is the reason for legalism? Is it just so they will feel like self-righteous or do they think they're protecting themselves? Uh, I guess because there's got to be like a good and a bad of it, like good intentions. But yeah, for sure. And, and it's tough to answer that um, because I'm sure everybody has different reasons for why they do that. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is it's, it's easier than doing what Paul tells us, which is to be uh, in the world, but not of the world. Right. Um, and so we're to be in the world because we're to be a light to the world, to, to love our neighbor, to reach lost people. But that means that we have to interact with things that are, that are not always biblical or not always easy to deal with. Right. But not to be of the world, meaning like not to put our same hope in the things that the world puts its hope in. Right. And so that's that gray area, that fine line. It's easier to be legalistic in the sense of like just putting the world out and not dealing with the temptation that the world offers. But that doesn't protect you from your own heart. Yeah. And that's where like we get a bad rap as Christians of being judgmental. Um Right. You know, like well, this is what we're this is what we're doing. We're creating this society, we're building up these walls to protect ourselves from sin. And so everyone else becomes the enemy. The people you're trying to love and reach mm-hmm. becomes the enemy. And so there's a lot of resentment and judgment that goes yeah. into that. It's unhealthy. Well, what about you? What's been your story when it comes to what you watch, what you read, what you um, put in? Well, no filter early on, for sure. You um, said you were, you've been a Christian for? You're in high school. Since high school. And I was really walking with the Lord in high school and college. And then when I, I was 10 years in the Navy, and that was like me trying to have faith, but I didn't really have anyone leading me or discipling mm-hmm. me. So my, um, <clears throat> I, well, I guess going back. So high school, college, like I would just watch whatever was acceptable as a Christian to watch. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if a movie came out and like, other people like other Christians that I looked up to would say like would not watch it then then I wouldn't but if they would then I mean oh this is this is permissible you know as Paul says not all things permiss not all things beneficial but all things are permissible okay so we kind of took it that like realm or to that extent and then the problem is as I left that core group of people like as I as I had less and less Christian influence in my life, my barometer for what was okay became worse and worse. Okay. And so like I, I read all the game of Thrones books, 
before they were movies. And then I watched like half the movies before I kind of woke up to the fact like this, it was like, I didn't know how to put it, but I was just like, this is not like right now I would say it's not honoring God. Mm-hmm. But back then I didn't have the words to say that I, I just didn't feel right about it. Like I had a conscience. I felt like, um, I think that came with having kids. Like, would I be able to watch a show with a, with a kid around? Kind of like, I don't know. I just had weird ways of justifying stuff, mm-hmm. but it was all me trying to like make sense of what I felt in my gut, whether I should or shouldn't watch. Yeah. And, um, and then like what changed, what shifted for me was when like I realized like these things are blocking me from loving the Lord. Okay. And really like loving the Lord was my barometer. If I should watch something, not, is it acceptable? Like as, as a Christian, like, can I still call myself a Christian and watch this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll watch it. You know, there's certain explicit things that we don't watch as Christians. Of course, nobody does, you know, thinking about pornography right now. Yeah. Like that is never okay. But Game of Thrones is okay because Christians watch it. Well, well that's a good point. Um, so if, if we know that it has explicit sexual scenes in it, let's just start with that. Right. I don't want to just isolate sex because there's other things that we need to talk about as well. But let's just start there, right? Why is pornography different than Game of Thrones having explicit sex scenes in it? Why do we differentiate that as okay? Um, I mean, good question. I don't know. I mean, probably because Game of Thrones, like their overall goal is to entertain. Right. You know? And they just use different, like, they could take out the sex scenes and, like, it'd still be a good show. Sure. But they leave it in, why? Sex sells. True. But for some reason, if we if we see it in a movie or a TV show that's considered art, right, it's considered a story, has more of a storyline, for some reason we accept it as art versus... With pornography, we look at that as just explicitly just for pleasure or for right. debauchery or whatever, you know. <clears throat> and for some, in in some ways, like I feel like pornography is just being more honest because, like you said, you could do the story without it and not lose anything. So why put it in? Yeah, they just want to sell more. Uh huh. And pornography is just there's no hiding that they just want to sell. Right. That's all they want to do. Like, they're not even trying to do a storyline. It's just like, this is right. This is what people really want. And it's true that, I mean, we know that, that lust is one of the major, the major things that tempts all of us, right? And so there's obviously a reason why we put it in because it does sell the most. It does bring more eyeballs. It is, it is more um, tempting or more gripping, I guess, if you will. And so the reason why I say that is it's interesting to me that you say one of the reasons why you're okay with this because you've your barometer was other Christians. Yeah. Like explain more of that. Like what does that even mean? Like what do you like were there somebody like friends of yours or, or other yeah, people? Yeah, they were like other Christians that yeah. were leaders, you know, in a in, in some sense, like like I look up to him spiritually, mm-hmm. and so if it was okay, like here's I think here's the deep seated mm-hmm. truth is that 
they would watch it and I didn't know why they watched it. And right. I knew I shouldn't. I knew it would cause me to stumble, but I felt like like I was shamed in thinking that I was so weak that I couldn't watch it. So I would watch it. Cause I, I didn't want to say like, Hey, I can't watch this. Like mm-hmm. it makes me lust. Like I couldn't say that right. because I'm like, they don't have that trouble. Apparently like apparently everyone else is watching game of Thrones, not worrying about lust, but I'm mm-hmm. the only dude over here thinking like, let's just get to this next sex scene. And so right. like there's well, that shame. When know? in reality is chances are they probably were right. I mean, I don't want to generalize and say that every, every man, if they see nudity, um, especially with a female, can't control themselves. But I, I'd go as far as to say, like, I'd be really doubtful if that's true. Because I know my own heart as a male. I know what the Bible says about lust and, and adultery. Like Jesus says that if you even look it up upon another woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Like, it's, it's definitely a, an issue of the heart. And God's designed us in a certain way to to be attracted, you know, to the to the opposite sex and and the sacredness of an of the of the body, you know, and and the pleasure that all that brings and so all that swirling around in our heads, like there's no way that that doesn't do something to our hearts, right? To see that, yeah. right? And so and I just know my experience as a counselor and as a pastor, usually when I am discipling or counseling someone who gives me that kind of spill of like, it's just a show, it's just a movie, it's just art, not a big deal, watch it with my spouse, whatever. I can tell you in my experience, 100% of the time when I ask them if it, when's the last time I looked at pornography, it's been pretty recent. It may not be a habit that they do all the time, but it's definitely something they struggle with and it's definitely something that happens. So when you're saying when they have the attitude of, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a sex scene. Right. Like, it's not a big deal. When you follow that up with a question of when's uh-huh. the last time you looked at pornography, it's within the last 30 days. A lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't want to say, I don't want to So we're all go. just lying to ourselves. Well, <clears throat> and it's not to villainize that. You don't hear me wrong. It's just, that is like, our hearts like we want to indulge we want what we want we want um to be known we want sex like we just those are the things that are natural desires to us so to yeah and they're good right they're yeah in the right way right right like god created them so to say that that doesn't impact your heart is just you're lying to yourself yeah and usually i want to say usually because i don't want a blanket statement but i just want to like a lot of times it's true that there there's a bigger struggle there than they even admit right yeah and i and i know that because i would have the same struggle that's why i don't want to be like i don't want to look at this from a distance and say like well because i'm a pastor like this isn't something that would impact me no the opposite is true the reason why i fight hard not to and i i make guardrails in my life to not go down those paths is because i know i would do the same thing yeah you know you know cuz if if I am blind enough and prideful enough to think that I can just indulge in things like that and that it not have an effect on my heart, I'm just lying to myself and I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And I think that the reason why we're having this conversation and I want to go beyond sex and pornography and and for anyone who's who maybe this is your story and this is something you're struggling with, 
I just want to encourage you to to go to your pastor or go to a trusted friend who who can begin to help dialoguing with you and helping you think through this and find a way out of that struggle. Um, yeah, because no conversation is going to be an exhaustive help, right? On and, that topic, and we don't podcast, and we don't want to go down the road of explicitness here, yeah, because uh, that's probably not appropriate. Um, but when we indulge in sin, it has an effect on our hearts. Period. Yeah, and and there's many other things. Like so, when I was thinking through this subject, it's which is, easy. Like we never really talked about, it. we just jumped right in. But like we're talking about just media mm-hmm. in general. We're not villainizing nudity. Right. That just happens to be one that's prevalent in our culture. Yeah, it's probably uh, like the the single most used tool in Hollywood right. to entertain. Yeah, but there are other ones too. Violence mm-hmm. um, is is a big one in in movies and TV shows that that we're desensitized to, and it goes much further yeah. than. It ever used to. Uh, language is another one that goes much further, and a lot more profanity is used more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're becoming more and more desensitized to it. Um, even the um, even romance, um, the falsehood of a of a happily ever after, or we're only complete when we have a, another or significant other, or that love is the biggest uh in love in terms of like finding a relationship is the biggest source of happiness like these are all themes that are used to kind of sell tv or books or um or what we see in posts you know there's a lot of like bravado and like posting about you know our bodies you know sex and and how we look and and success and money like there's all kinds of themes throughout our media that we face every day that impacts our hearts mm-hmm. you know in a in a i think a negative way and that's not to say media is all negative there's a lot of positive and i want to talk about that too but um but the big idea is we got to start we started we have to start thinking about what we put into our minds that's the big idea i think yeah and so, um, and I think we're we're in front of more media than we've ever been in front of before. Oh yeah, like you read they, a study recently or a book recently. You were telling me about that. Yeah, uh, talked about that. It was a book, spectacles, competing spectacles, or something. The I'm locked out. I'm iPad. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the guy Technology that wrote it, he it. runs uh, as. As Pastor John. He's like the producer of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. John Piper. John Piper. That's not the author of the book. But anyways, he has a chapter in there that talks about um, nine seconds. Uh, what is it? Something about nine seconds. But basically, like, the thing that everyone's fighting for, it's not money. It's not gold. What What is the gold is human attention. Like, we're our attention is the commodity. It's what everyone's fighting for. And so they do that. And like, it's why our news feed on Facebook is like full of like nine second funny clips because that's all the attention we have. And they've learned how to fill every single like snippet of our day. Like, yeah, like we're working 40 hours a week. We got church on Sunday. We got 
uh, softball practice. We got this and that. And like those times are blocked out, Mm -hmm. but there's all the in-between and that in-between is a lot. Mm -hmm. Like there's a ton of space and they feel, but we can't, we can't fit anything productive into that space because it's so segmented, but we can fit a ton of little segmented clips. And so that was the biggest premise. Like to me, that stuck out to me is, um, the war that is waging for our attention. And we're giving that up by viewing all of these these different things and these different medias. And that kind of goes into social media, which I think we would probably want to stay away from just because it's a whole nother topic in and of itself. Um, but yeah, just really like, it shows the need to really guard your attention and, and what you view, um, you know, on a regular basis. Right. Because um, everything that comes into our our minds it it impacts us like it, it can't not even even if we don't think that it does whatever we put our mind on whatever we put our our thoughts upon it it, it impacts our hearts because um we know like the the mind is actually the beginning of the heart um one of the the passages that come to mind um is in Psalm 1 uh verses 1 through 2 as blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who, in a, on the law he meditates day and night. Isn't that a song? It is a song by <laughs> our worship band, Gospel Folk, uh, Blessed, if you Plug. check it out on Spotify or iTunes. But this mentality of like, who doesn't, a man who doesn't, sit in the seat of of mockers or right doesn't stand in the way of the of sinners or like this idea of spending all of our day thinking about things that are pulling our heart away from God or indulging in our flesh or indulging in our sin or um helping us to to escape from the things that we should be thinking about or or giving us false hopes in the ways that we want hope, but instead, like our our goal is is to sit and delight in the law of the Lord, or delight in God's word, or in another way to say, delight in God, because God's word just leads us to God to see yeah. who He is and know who He is, and and we don't have any space in our life anymore. It seems like to just sit and dwell and think and wait on the Lord and hear from Him and be silent and pray. It, it, it is shocking to me, and I fight this in my own life. Um, because there's so much good information, I love podcasts. I love movies. I love, I love art. I love stories. I love audio books or reading books that are great stories or reading articles or watching movies or TV shows or listening to podcasts. I love to learn. I love to hear stories. I love to think. But I can, I can easily do that all day and not like sit quietly and think, yeah, and meditate, and read God's word and just think about what it says and like chew on it, mm-hmm. right? Because I just want to be distracted sometimes. Oh yeah, you know. And I think we live in a world of distraction, but we also live in a world where we're filling our brains full of things that are drawing our hearts away from God, not towards God. Yeah. And it impacts us more than we think, I think. Uh, I know. I watch it happen constantly. 
in my own life as well as um, lives of others that I'm uh, discipling or, or trying to minister to or talk yeah. to. And so when it comes to media, it's not to sit here and have a conversation of how bad media is, but it's to bring awareness to Right, our our just, responsibility. If you just take media out, that doesn't fix anything. No, of course like not. Like they've tried to do that before. And the book actually talks about um, back in Rome, you know, like they had the gladiators and like just stadiums full of debauchery. Like we're really no different than what was mm-hmm. going on back then. Right. And so the Christians, they just wanted to get rid of like all the the Roman media. Like the Puritans wanted to get rid of the London equivalent to Hollywood. Right. And so it'd be like us saying, let's just take down Hollywood and like we can then treasure Christ. Right. And that's that's not going to work. No. And, and that's also to discredit, like there's so much good too. Like God is a creative God. Um, these movies and stories also can inspire. It's not all evil or all bad, but how do we navigate those waters Mm -hmm. is really the question. Right. Because ultimately, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, Paul talks about it in Romans 14, that whatever we do should be done in faith. What does that mean to be done in faith, right? It's whatever we can do when our, when, with having our affections, our treasure to be in Christ, to be on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if whatever we're doing takes away our affections from God, then it's not being done in faith and it's leading us towards sin. Right, or we've already sinned in it. So how do we do that? Because not everything is sin to us. I don't want to go down this road of saying like, well, because media has these issues, because there's sin all over media. Even even TV shows that are okay to watch have like themes or mentalities that are not Christian, right? I'm not necessarily advocating that we should just only watch Christian shows and listen to hymns. Because that wouldn't fix anything. No. If you're not treasuring Jesus. Right. And it's also okay and just as glorifying to God to appreciate general grace, meaning God is the one who created these men and women who are, who are creating these TV shows, and it's still bringing glory to him even if they're not acknowledging him. Right? Yeah. And so, how do we navigate that? How do we navigate music? How do we navigate TV shows? And the the first thing that I'll say is it really comes down to our hearts and what our hearts are treasuring. And can we do it in faith? And it comes down to a responsibility for us to begin to ask ourselves questions of what am I wanting? What am I desiring? How is this show or song or book, or article, name it, right, movie, how is it impacting my heart? Is it is it pushing me towards Christ? Uh, is it neutral? Okay, so here's Is it drawing me away from Christ? Because that's like cool practical knowledge, but if we can't like put that into play, then it's worthless. So, like recently I heard you, uh-huh. you were talking up Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran? <laughs> I cannot say the dude's name right. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I've been saying it for years yeah. that way, incorrectly. But the other day, <laughs> I heard someone say his name was R.C. Sproul. 
Sproul? R.C. No, Sproul. No, but he called him R.C. Sproul. Who did? Taylor. <laughs> I don't think so. No. I promise. He even put it on Facebook. I mean, I'm not saying that Taylor didn't do that. I'm just saying like, that's not how yeah, his name Yeah, everyone knows. Right. I thought everyone did, but I, I guess everyone thought that I knew that it was Ed Sheeran. Is it Ed Sheeran? Is that it? <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Did I get it right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so you were talking about his new album, number six. Yeah. It's yeah. got the collaborations. Yeah. So what is it? Like, how do you, how do you um, think through that? You probably don't mm. need to because, like, you've been doing this a long time. Like, you think through what's glorifying, what's not. Right. Like, how... How would how do you think through that? Like to to know that like it's good enough to one spend all your time watching, listening because mm-hmm. there was a documentary that went with it too, and then you were even telling me about it. and I went home and watched it. So mm-hmm. like, what's the thought process that goes through your mind there? Well, first, you know, I um, I look at appreciation for an artist. Um, I love stories. I love hearing his thought process behind writing the songs, and and I could relate to some of his. Um, just stepping out in creativity and not being afraid to to create or like he's kind of an underdog story. Like there's a lot of his story that I can relate to. There's also a lot of his story that we're different, we're different on, but, um, but there's a lot that spurred me on towards an inspiration towards creativity. And I can take that and I can yeah. utilize that in my own life, um, for the Lord, for what we're doing as our church or as a pastor or just in my own life. Um, but I'm also able to filter and understand that he's not a, a person who loves Jesus. And so I don't expect him to love Jesus or to glorify God in an explicit way. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to filter some of the themes of his songs and understand it from a perspective of when he's talking about love, he's talking about it to the best degree that he can. When he's talking about his wife, like I appreciate how much he loves his wife. And I do believe that he loves his wife to the to the nth degree, the best of his ability, but I also don't expect him to have the same type of biblical love or biblical covenant of marriage that, that maybe I would. But I also can also see a guy who I also see a longing for hope and a longing yeah. for um, peace and a longing for love in a way that the Bible talks about. And so... Um, it also inspires me in that way, and I can kind of filter that, and I can kind of see through that, and and it can inspire me to to have the joy and the hope, and even just it helps me see, like, man, I'm so thankful for God opening my eyes to the hope of Christ, and and it and some of the songs can even inspire my affections for my wife, and and I'm filtering that through a biblical love for her, and. I can relate to a lot of what he's saying about his wife and all that kind of stuff. It's good. It's yeah. not bad. But but once again, like talking about the filtration, like I don't, I don't look at it or look at it blindly or say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to accept these premises in the way that he's saying it. I'm accepting the premises with the caveat of knowing that we don't have the same God. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it also what what stuck out to me is what may be beneficial to you to watch is not beneficial to someone else. Right. Like if someone's not into music, not into dreaming, not into creating, mm-hmm. which they should be, but right. let's just say they're not, then they may not get any benefit from watching that. And there may even be temptation there because there's nothing to like 
make them look to God. Absolutely. So, and, and I think that's where it comes down to. Like someone may look at that and say, mm-hmm. oh, I want to be famous like Ed. And it right. may be a temptation for him. Right. And I think that's where the, the individual oh, Ed. temptation comes down. That's why it's so helpful of what Paul talks about in uh, Romans fourteen twenty three, where he talks about whatever whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Like we have to, we have to do it in faith, or it's sin to us. And there's these areas that are not necessarily black and white biblical commands of thou shalt nots. Right? There's principles of scripture, right. and it also comes with maturity too. When I first got saved, there's a lot of stuff that I chose not to do for a long time. Mm, like what? Because it would tempt me. Um, like, I mean, I I stayed away from, I mean, I would only watch like PG movies for a long time. Or mm. um, just because I was in a place where I was, I mean, I was battling, um, wanting to look at pornography, you know, and I was, I was trying to like kind of cut out stuff, kind of kind of fast from, Things while my heart was growing in the Lord because I wasn't strong enough to. How even, did you know to do that? I had a, a great disciple in my life who was right. helping guide me, but just conviction. No one ever told me that. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured it out on my own, you know? Like, right. Um, but the things that I struggled with when I first became a Christian because. I was living such a habitual life of constantly looking for my own self-pleasure, my own pride, my own, you know, whatever. Like, like I wouldn't even watch movies with much violence in it early on because I was a pretty angry guy and, and wanted to fight a lot, and then i get saved, and I know that my heart's changed, but I know it's a temptation of mine. And now I can watch movies with violence or war at certain degrees. I try not to be too crazy about that either because... I don't want to go down a path of like indulging in that, um, but it doesn't affect my heart in the same way yeah. um, any longer. And so for me, I know it doesn't take away my affections of the Lord. Once again, that's my my parameters, mm-hmm. right? Because if I can't do it in faith, I shouldn't do it. That's your litmus test. That's my litmus test. Yeah. If I'm looking for comfort in it, if I'm looking for escape in it, if I'm looking for if it's if it's hitting at my own pride. If there's lust, if there's approval I'm looking for, if it's, if it if there's an idol that I'm trying to serve with it, anything that takes away my affections for the Lord, I don't want to do because God is more important than my own pleasure or my own. Yeah. Because I know it's it's good, it's glorifying to God, but it's also good for me. Now, listening to this, you're like, gosh, that's a lot. But what we need to understand is we have to, as Christians, we have to begin to examine what we think we have to begin to ask questions to our hearts and our feelings and our emotions and we can't just accept what's normal right in the world there's That's what I did. too often to where what the christian will accept is no different than what the world would accept yeah and what's the difference just because it's popular in culture and we just take it as like it's okay yeah but i also don't want to swing the pendulum to legalism to where we're not allowed to even interact with culture but the maturity of of a Christian is as I grow deeper in my love for Christ, that allows me to begin to examine my heart, repent of sin as it comes across. Repent meaning to to put off or to put aside and turn towards the Lord. There's some things that I should never do. You know, I'm I'm never gonna if a movie's like rated R and has nudity, I'm never gonna watch it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't even need to Too test. Risky. I don't even need to test my heart with that. Yeah. Cause I already know where my heart would go with it. Right. Right. If there's like, I hate horror movies because I believe the Bible's true when it talks about demons and it talks about evil. I don't even want to play around with that. It's, it's not enjoyable to me. Right. It doesn't make me want to go out and be evil, but it's not good for my heart. Yeah. Right. If there's a, if, if I'm struggling with, uh, if I just want to be successful, I don't want to just sit around and like, look at Facebook at everybody's success all the time and just, and listen to podcasts about how to get better in my success all the time. Yeah. Right. Because that's just gearing my heart towards a pride that I have or an idol that I might have. I'm just giving examples. Yeah. Right. Well, what about some examples of like the redeemable aspects of media? Like you mentioned sure. stories, like stories are awesome. You can see mm-hmm. the gospel all over Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Lion King. Oh man, I can tell you like one of my favorite genres of movie, I guess, is the uh, Marvel Avengers movies. The biggest reason is there's so many biblical themes with it and it inspires me towards um, thinking about those. Now I have those themes in my own head already, but it's good versus evil. It's looking for hope, looking for a hero, looking for a savior. I mean, it's all over those things. And so they're fun, they're entertaining. They're well done or artistic, but at the same time, I can I can see these biblical themes because man's heart's always longing for the Lord, mm-hmm. even when we don't acknowledge Him, and so you can see these themes all over movies like that. Yeah, and so even for, if they're not trying to do it, yeah. Like I, I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, my young life leader was we were watching Lord of the Rings, and I just thought since it was like fantasy, like it probably wasn't good to watch. But, man, there's, like, gospel all over that movie. Well, you know that was written by a Christian, right? Well, Tolkien, like, yeah. So my first question is, oh, he must be a Christian. Right. Which, like, I don't know if he was, though. Like, he hung out with C.S. Lewis, but... I mean, all accounts were that he was, but... But he never, like, confirmed or affirmed the Christian allegories. But the point is, I immediately thought he must be a Christian, but the thing is, like... Mm -hmm. So many artists can create media with gospel themes without even knowing right. or trying to make a Christian allegory. Right. Because good versus evil and the desire for a savior is in, in us. And sin and like, like all that, like the struggle, the imperfect person or the imperfect hero. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff is all throughout our hearts. And so even sinful man or lost man or however you want to say it people who don't acknowledge God still have those themes because they're created by God. Yeah. So they're all over our our stories and our movies and and so there's definitely redeemable qualities. And what about inspiration. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts from like other like I love the Bill Simmons podcast. Um he's a sports guy or and I draw inspiration from him because he's created this whole uh, niche and business the ringer.com before that it was grantland espn about joel osteen <laughs> <laughs> not as much um but listening to him and like he he's went from just being a sports guy to he's interviewed the president and he's he has all he has like actors and he has athletes and all these people on and, and hearing from their stories and then hearing you know these athletes talking about their their life story and their struggle or how they prepare for games and there's so much you can take from that just in work ethic and preparation mm-hmm. and, 
and you can glean from that or or listening to a podcast of of just like I like Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell who's not a Christian but man his writing like the way he looks at history the way he looks at statistics he's the one that came up with the 10,000 hour rule and he wrote the book like what the dog saw and blink and all that stuff yeah. and talking about uh, first his impressions is so good oh revisionist history and like the way that he kind of flips history and looks at it from a different angle yeah. and there's so many of those things what's your that, favorite revisionist history the favorite episode yeah uh, i forget the name of it but it's the one about the country singer who wrote all the like oh, yeah, really yeah. sad songs i forget the uh-huh. name of it um boo williams or something no no but he was talking about george the song that george jones um sang yeah. about um about his wife and um he stopped loving her today and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff and just the whole like history of music and and just the relatability of it and I mean, anyway getting kind of down a rabbit hole but Sorry. but there's just so many things that that you take away that inspire and are godly because god created it everything yeah. and it's the creativity is godly right? right and so just to throw all that away because we're afraid of of us, if it causing us to sin, I think is also wrong. On that side, that pendulum to legalism, mm-hmm. but to blindly accept it without examining it is also wrong because it could be leading your heart astray, and you could be accepting worldly themes in the place of that only in a place that only God should sit. Yeah, because that's another parameter I think people use a lot. Like I don't listen to this media because of what this person stands for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, depending on what it is, like sometimes that may be valid. Like if it's a pastor, maybe it's probably pretty valid because how like there should be some congruency, but but between like different areas of his life. But uh, it depends on what you're looking to that person for. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that media producer? Um, are you looking to him for guidance, or are you literally just you know, like looking for? story entertainment like well, when, um, inspiration when, when i look when i look at things or i listen to things i try to I, I try to filter it through a lens of scripture of the gospel and i try to take from it what is good and i try to leave what is not worth taking right, right? but i can only do that if my time in the word or my time with god trumps the amount of time i spend with other things Right, I have, I have to have a strong biblical understanding or filtration system. Right, I have to have a strong practice of examining my heart and asking myself the questions of what do I want? Am I making this into an idol? I have to have strong accountability of other friends who are yeah. who are looking at my life because to think that I'm strong enough on my own on an island to like never be tempted by these things would also be wrong. And if I'm primarily listening to those things or putting my time into those things, those podcasts that that aren't pointing me towards Jesus explicitly, uh, I'm also putting myself in danger as well because my greatest treasure has to be God himself, has to be spending time with him and his word, knowing him, um, realizing my affections has to be mostly for him. Or none of the rest of it even matters anyway. It's just building my own kingdom or building myself up. Yeah. And I also have to understand how sin works because it doesn't happen usually 
in a way of like just hitting you in the face, but it usually works like um, like James wrote in the book of James chapter one, he talks about in um, verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, right? And the desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it's fully grown brings forth death. And so if my heart is already desiring certain idols, comfort, approval, control, um, power, whatever, then I'm going to indulge in whatever my heart wants. And if my heart's left unchecked, it'll turn into sin, it'll turn into habits of sin, and it'll bring death into my life. Mm. And, the, and so examining my heart through what I know Scripture to say, but the biggest question is, am I trying to honor and glorify God? Am I treasuring God above everything else? And am I trying to love others uh, in the way that Christ has loved me? Or am I just wanting what I want, when I want it, how I want it? Being honest with myself, that's what helps protect, and that's what allows us, allows me to filter what I'm taking in and making sure that it's not um, impacting my heart. That's why I would say I, would, I don't ever want to watch anything with nudity because I already know that's just going to take the affection of my heart away. Yeah. All right, you mentioned accountability. So yeah. I feel like that's something that's that's got to be like severely lacking mm-hmm. in like our culture, especially like our biblical culture that in mm-hmm. our church communities. How? Because you're so good at like asking a question and it like doesn't feel shameful or, <laughs> and I don't know if that's just because of our relationship, but I feel like you probably get that a lot from people. So like how do you, one, how do you know like, when to ask the question, like when you have like the right, like do you have the right to ask like certain questions to get in people's lives just because mm-hmm. you know they're a Christian in your church? Or um, is there is there something you look for like to be able to like hold someone accountable and how do you do it? Like how do you ask the question? That's a lot of questions. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you just asked me. <laughs> well, the main question is like how do you ask the question? How do you um, ask the question to where they don't feel shamed? The real question is why why should you ask the question? Before you even get to why or how to ask the question, you should first think about why to ask the question. I ask people the question because because I love them, not because of what I'm going to get from it. Real accountability comes when two people care about each other and care enough about the other person to ask them honest questions, even if it's going to hurt. Because I don't always get a good response as far as like people like it when I ask those questions I don't like it always when I'm asked those questions right but I know that it's loving to be asked those questions okay so if you don't love the person then Mm -hmm. don't ask the question so I think the reason why it doesn't come across judgmental is because I'm trying to come from a place of like actually caring about you yeah but I'm also willing to offer genuine I'm trying to be genuine and vulnerable myself Mm -hmm. because honesty is the key to humility and humility is the key to to freedom like true accountability happens when people are humble and like care about each other enough to ask genuine questions out of the protection for one another and when you're caught in sin the goal isn't to condemn but to restore right right like, so if you're lacking part of the gospel, then you may yeah. condemn quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no reason to condemn. And 
in that way because all of us are sinful. All of us have sinned against God. There's, there's no room for pride at the cross. So when I'm asking a question, it should be for the good of the person, not for any sort of self-righteousness. Yeah, and that's right. kind of how you started this whole thing out, by saying, like, you want to watch those shows. Yeah, absolutely. You, like, not just out of sin, but because you'd enjoy, like, genuinely enjoy the other stuff, mm-hmm. but you're, you know to protect yourself against it. Yeah. I just had to concede that I don't, I don't, I don't get to watch just anything I feel like anytime I want to. Because, not because I can't, not because I couldn't do it in secret, no one would even know. Right. But because I want to honor God. Yeah. And that trumps anything else that I want to do. And so I got to deny myself. Um, so I guess the bottom line is if people, if we don't have that, what you just expressed, like that desire to honor God and truly treasure Him, then that's really where we should start. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even worry about what you're watching or not watching. Like, why are you not worshiping God? Right. And and in that, like, let's you can wrap this up with your closing thoughts because we, we pretty much got to be done now. <laughs> They're kicking us out. Well, I think you know if I give any final thoughts, it's it's not even about the media, but it's about our hearts. Mm-hmm. What matters most is that we know God because He's the greatest treasure, and that all of us, including myself without the grace of God and him coming into my life and saving me um, would have zero hope. And so much of art and so much of media is built around the idea of hope. And a lot of it's built around false hope, whether it be success, whether it be relationships, whether it be sex, whether it be power, whether it be control, whether it be comfort, and the list goes on. But the only person, the only one, I should say, that can give us hope is Christ. And and so anything that we do should be to honor Him. And so when we think about what we're doing, especially in the in the area of media that comes into our lives on a daily basis at all times, it should be filtered through, is this going to honor Christ? Is this going to honor God? Is this going to be good for my heart? Is it going to steer my affections away from Christ? Because a lot of people listen like listen to this like, well, I like that show. You're telling me I can't watch my show. I'm not going to tell you anything. You should ask your question. Does this help me honor God? Does this stir my affections towards Christ or take it away? Am I convicted? Do I know that this is sin in my life? And if it is, got to repent and stop because I know... You love your shows or you love your music or you love your whatever. But if you're not doing it in faith, it's ultimately hurting you and it's not putting God in his proper place. And if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, what I would just say is like, think about it. Think about your heart and think about what are you longing for? Because if you really start asking those questions, I think you'll realize that there's something deeper that's missing that you're looking to all these things to fulfill and longing for that it's never going to fulfill. And I think if you took time to think about it, you'd probably know that. And so that's, that's my key. That's my goal in, 
in this podcast, I guess, is to stir stir us up and spur us on to thinking about things in that way. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks for sharing with us, and uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Please, if you enjoyed this podcast, like and subscribe, rate and review. Five stars, please. Also, visit us on Sunday mornings here in Mandeville, Louisiana. Service time's 1015, Sunday mornings. And uh, our website is thefieldnola.com. You can find out all that information. Peace. Thanks, guys. Later. Season one is sponsored by Gospel Folk. They are the worship band of the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. Um, you can see them every Sunday. Come worship with them at the Field Church at 10... 10, 15 a.m. if you're in the area. Um, I've been one of their pastors uh, since the beginning for the past three years, and it's been awesome to watch them grow. They write music straight from Scripture, uh, which is rare, but also it's creative, it's fun, and it's just great music to listen to. So go check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find them at Gospel Folk or their website, gospelfolkmusic.com, or anywhere that music is streamed. All right, all right.